0: Hear now this reading from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 12, verses 13 through 21. Listen now for a word from our Lord. Someone in the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the family inheritance with me. But he said to him, Friend, who set me to be a judge or arbitrator over you? And he said to them, Take care. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed. For one's life does not consist in the abundance of possessions. Then he told them a parable. The land of a rich man produced abundantly. And he thought to himself, What should I do? For I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, I will do this. I will pull down my barns and build larger ones. And there I will store all my grain and all my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, be merry. But God said to him, You fool, this very night your life is being demanded of you. And the things you have prepared, whose will they be? So it is with those who store up treasures for themselves, but are not rich toward God. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God.
1: One of the hard lessons I learned during my years of law practice was that nothing seemed to bring the worst out in people more than the possibility of an inheritance. It wasn't unusual for folks who seemed to be very grounded, loving, and kind, people who seemed to have their priorities in order to turn on one another over land or money or furniture or even small household items, One of my colleagues tells a heartbreaking story about a woman from his congregation who came to see him about a family dispute involving a chess set. This woman's son had died quite young and really tragically, leaving behind a wife and a little boy, her grandson. Well, just before her son died, this woman had given him a very expensive hand-carved chess set for Christmas. After his death, the chess set ended up in the hands of the little boy, her grandson, and this made the woman angry. She said it was hers, and she wanted it back. Members of the extended family objected. They said it should remain with her grandson, and this spun up and spun up until my uh, friend said when she arrived at his office, she had already cut off conversation, all communication, with her daughter-in-law and her little grandson over this chess set. Well, my friend heard her out. She made her case as to why she thought the chess set should be hers. And when she was finished, my friend said, can't you let this go? I mean, is this really worth it? To be out of a relationship with your own grandchild over something like a chess set? And she replied, But that chess set is mine, and that was it. Friends, can you imagine a grandparent cutting off relationship with a grandchild over a small material item like a chess set? And yet it happens. I once represented members of a family who were in a big fight over an oil and gas lease. You would have thought these people were the Hatfields and the McCoys. They were at each other's throats. It destroyed their family. But in the long run, it seemed that they were more concerned with the money than with the people involved. Friends, our desire for things, for wealth, can grow so large that it turns our priorities upside down, unchecked that desire can take precedence over everything, even relationships with loved ones, even relationship with God. So for this reason, Jesus says, be on your guard against all kinds of greed, or as another version of the Bible puts it, the King James Version, beware of covetousness. Now, that's not a word we hear a lot today, right? Covetousness. I've heard covetousness defined as wanting more of what we already have enough of. Wanting more of what we already have enough of. Friends, I doubt many of us think of ourselves as greedy, but wanting more of what we already have enough of, I don't know about you, but. That kind of hits close to home. Well, our text this morning begins with a family dispute over an inheritance. A man emerges from the crowd and asks Jesus to tell his brother to divide the family estate with him. Apparently, he doesn't feel like he's getting his due. But Jesus refuses to play judge, and I think he surprises the man by issuing a stern warning about greed, saying, Be under guard against all kinds of greed, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of possessions. And then as he was apt to do, Jesus tells a story. He says, There's a farmer who already has plenty. His barns are filled to the brim, but his land continues to produce abundantly, and he doesn't know what to do. He thinks about it and decides the solution is to just tear down those barns and build even bigger ones. Then he can store all of his crops, all of his goods in there, and he says to himself, "Ah, oh, then I will have ample goods and I will be satisfied, and I will eat and drink and be merry. And God says, you fool. This very night, your life is being demanded of you, and these things that you have prepared, whose will they be? Only a fool stores up treasures for himself, but is not rich towards God. Ouch. <laughs> That's pretty harsh, right? Jesus is not mincing any words here. This is a not-so-gentle reminder that there are no pockets in shrouds. But friends, I think there's more to it. There's more here than just a reminder that you can't take it with you, although that is important to remember. And I think it's great that Jesus points that out, but there's something deeper here. It's about greed and what greed can do to us. And in this regard, I think that the literal... Greek of verse 20 can help us here. Now, our translation of verse 20 says, this very night your life is being demanded of you. But the literal Greek of verse 20 reads, this night they, meaning the possessions, demand your soul. This night they meaning the possessions demand your soul. So read through this lens, I think we can better see what's going on with this farmer because before the voice of God intrudes in the parable, it's all about him and his stuff. My barns, my crops, my ample goods, my grain, mine, mine, mine. This man has his priorities upside down. He thinks he is living an abundant life. But in actuality, he's a slave to his stuff. A couple of years ago, I received a really big bird feeder for my birthday, and I love it. Now, I know, friends, that says something about a person when their dream birthday gift is a bird feeder, so be it. It's awesome. It's one of those really big ones, a long tube, and it has four feeding stations. And almost as soon as we hung it up outside our kitchen window, it was popular with all of the neighborhood birds. They just flocked to it. They were always feeding on it. We went through so much seed, we ended up having to buy the industrial size bag that we keep in a garbage can in our garage. It was great. Well, we had weeks of entertainment. I would sit with my coffee in the morning and watch all the different birds come. And then one day, we had a dramatic drop-off in the number of birds coming to the feeder. And at first, we didn't understand why. We wondered if it was some sort of seasonal thing. But as it turned out, a really big blue jay had decided that that feeder was his, and no other birds were allowed to eat there. Do you know they can be kind of mean? I found that out. They can be kind of mean. So he was patrolling this feeder. He would feed himself, and then he would go and sit in a nearby tree and watch and wait. And if any other bird tried to eat, he would attack them and chase them off. He was pretty good at his job. I mean, he seemed to be on guard duty 24-7. So for a while, the only time another bird could eat was when he was away chasing another trespasser. But then we notice something else. He paid a significant price for hoarding the feeder for himself. It cost him his freedom, you see. He was no longer free to come and go as he pleased. He was chained to his job, his work of guarding the feeder for mothers. I guess you could say that he was possessed by his possession. Be on your guard, Against all kinds of greed, says Jesus, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of possessions. Friends, a life spent focused on getting more of what we already have enough of is not abundant life. It is not a life of wholeness. It is, in fact, the way of death. Death of our freedom as we become slaves to material things and the lust for more of them. Death of our relationships, as wealth takes priority in our hearts. And death of joy, because friends hear me, the barns are never big enough. There are never ample enough goods. And all the eating and drinking and being merry in the world will never fill the hole in our soul. It will not ultimately satisfy. Friends, so many people in our culture are sick with greed, endlessly sinking more of what they already have enough of. And dare I say, never has so much meant so little to so many. Several years ago, a movie came out starling uh, William Hurt. It was called The Doctor. did any of you guys see that? It's a great movie, I highly recommend it. I don't know if it's still on Prime or Netflix, but, but it's good. In this movie, William Hurt plays a doctor who is sort of a business-like, glib kind of person. He has zero bedside manner, really doesn't have any rapport with his patients. Well, one day, there's a man in his office, a local man and his family, and they're there because the man has been very sick, and the doctor has been running tests to find out what's wrong with him. Well, the test results are back, and they're not good. They're not good at all. So in a very non-emotional way, the doctor tells this man, the results are bad. And you can see him trying to process this. He says to the doctor, Doctor, I, I don't understand, what does this really mean? And very unceremoniously, the doctor says, Sir, if I were you, I'd get my affairs in order. Man sits there for a second and then he looks at his wife and he puts his arm around her and he looks at his children and he puts his arm around them and then he looks at the doctor and very quietly says, sir, my affairs are in order. Friends, are your affairs in order? In order to live an abundant life, we must set our priorities in the right way. Abundant life is not marked by greed. We have to ask ourselves honestly, friends, are we living in such a way that others can see that we prioritize God over goods and people over stuff? Because that's what marks an abundant life. So Jesus says, be on your guard against all kinds of greed. For one's life does not consist in the abundance of possessions. Will you pray with me? Holy God, we give you thanks for you are the source of every good and perfect gift. And we are mere stewards of all you entrust to us. Lord, free us of the chains of greed. Enable us to embrace the freedom of generosity, putting love of you and our neighbor first. It's in Christ's name that we pray. Amen.